Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the pilot episode of my brand new podcast, Mindful Drinking for Women, which is about exactly what it sounds like. I help women get unobsessed with drinking alcohol by getting really honest with themselves about why they are overdrinking in the first place. Hi, my name is Jessica Betancourt. I'm a certified life coach and hypnotherapist specializing in addiction transformation. And I work with my clients on understanding how their subconscious beliefs about themselves, others, and the world are keeping them from getting total freedom around drinking. So whether that is feeling like they have to have a drink, it's the only way that they can manage stress or life, or they drink entirely too much in the social arena as an anxious active habit, I help them understand that these thoughts are in fact not even true. They are justifications and rationalizations that just keep you active in a habit that is no longer serving you. But before I came into this work, I had to go through this fire myself. So in this episode, I'd love to share with you how I discovered that I was drinking way too much because I didn't even know that I was and how I found my way out. And I also really want to impress upon you that there is absolutely no reason to wait for rock bottom to hit and that that statement is not very helpful as a necessary starting point because many of us had hit, have hit rock bottom many times already. So there's no need to wait for rock bottom to start making changes in your life. Your life is happening now, not someday. So my story is, I grew up in suburbia, California, in a hippie redneck combo kind of town, and I smoked pot, and I played around with mushrooms, and I drank beer by the river, and though I felt like I was an intelligent person, and I had talents, and I had friends, and I was charismatic, I liked my personality, I didn't have very high grades or ambitions. I worked in a head shop after graduating high school. I had no idea what I wanted to do or how to be an adult. I didn't even know how to date because I had not been allowed to. I moved out of my parents' house at 19 into a converted garage on the central coast by myself. And I, I grew up with a very narcissistic and emotionally abusive father. And I had also been raised in a very strict religious environment. And so when I moved out, it was like, yeehaw! And I just, you know, kind of went nuts because I had no training, no conditioning, no education around all the things that were going to fly in my face as soon as I left the house, things that I'd been totally unexposed to or sheltered from. And just honestly, I was just not very secure in who I was or what I even wanted out of life. My habit, though, of drinking nightly started when I was in my early 20s in junior college, and I started to go out with my girlfriends and just go for dudes and good times. And we'd get together and all get dolled up and march downtown and drink like the fruity vodka drinks. And that was on weekends, but somehow I ended up being one of the ones who also started going out alone, like during the week, you know, Taco Tuesday and Two for One Thursday. And whenever there was an event or something going on, I just used that as my excuse of, oh, there's people out there. I want to go hang out with people and be social. But I was also working out some really dark emotional issues 
and I had no resources for processing those. I didn't even know what that meant or what that would look like. I was really involved in dance and that helped me to move a lot of energy through my body and to process some things, but I had no cognizant awareness of that that's a necessary element in a person's life is to know how to handle emotions. Um, instead, I just felt like a crazy lady. So I was also really very unprepared to date in a healthy way or to listen to my soul or to my body or to my deeper knowing or my intuition. I felt was very detached from my intuition. So when I became introduced to drugs and alcohol in excess, as almost every young person is, I also had a very sad story about myself that I was a loser um, because of the verbal abuse that I received and that's what I've been told a lot. Um, I also thought that because I was in a JC rather than in a UC like my other friends that I wasn't as good as they were or I was somehow less than. I just wasn't good enough. I wasn't great at sports. Like I really was kind of like a nerd in my in my soul. I really liked art and I liked reading and I liked to make things and craft things. But I was really lonely for like real connection with other people. And because I didn't just have that, and I didn't have strong bonds or relationships with many people, I sought that in the downtown scene, in the bar scene. Because um, there was always people there, right? It was just so easy to just go downtown and access people. And when people are drunk, they're very friendly. <laughs> so that's how I found my company for a long, long time. Um, so I could make this into a very long story and maybe I will later in like a book or something. Um, but for now I'm just going to share the highlights. So I was arrested for the first time at a black and white ball street party dressed as a mime after drinking a massive amount of Captain Morgan with my sister. And I turned around and a cop was harassing my sister and I drunkenly tried to defend her by telling him that he couldn't talk to her that way and smacked his hand away because he poked me in the chest as he was talking to me. So I bapped his hand away and he told me that was assault on an officer and he threw me down to the ground and stepped on my back. And it was awful. I was fell down a hill with handcuffs on and I was thrown into a cop car um, only to have the cop then turn around and charge me with harassment. So I ended up taking a plea bargain because I, would, I was told I was not going to win a court case against a police officer who was charging me with assault. And then I went to county jail for three weeks. Uh, that was quite the experience as well. And then I was again arrested for drunk driving on a wave runner in Lake Nascimento, and I got a resulting DUI. Also went to jail in a bikini. Uh, the <laughs> So I had a compilation of court situations piling up on me and it just became so stressful that I couldn't stay in school and I moved back home to my hometown into my parents' house where they were fighting and on the brink of a divorce. And all this time I was just constantly smoking weed and drinking because I, I just didn't know what to do with this intense emotional state I was in. So it did feel better just to numb out and to check out than to even begin to know where to begin with how I was feeling and what I was going through mentally, emotionally, and also spiritually. Um, 
so I eventually made it back to my college town. And guess what happened? Yes, I was arrested again on St. Patty's Day for being out at the bars while on probation. And that was the night I also met my much older boyfriend who loved cocaine. And I knew that this was an awful decision, but I ended up dating him for a few years. And it turns out that he was married and it was a terrible time. But I also, I learned from him that I was so deeply disconnected from other people. Like he, with all his issues and his problems was a very loving and affectionate person. And I'd never really had that with a male before. So healing and also damaging at the same time, um, so unhealthy and so obviously so drunk and high all the time. Well, interestingly, that boyfriend decided that he was going to go sober and pursue his spiritual path. And I thought that that sounded awful and like no fun at all. So we broke up and I just continued to party my face off. And I also got a job as a bartender so I could have more money and not be judged and I could be amongst the best partiers. And I was also in my fourth or fifth year of junior college and still no plan, no stability, no direction. And then I found another much older boyfriend who also liked to party. And then I became pregnant unknowingly and I miscarried at his birthday party with blood running down my legs and that was really traumatizing and again didn't process that didn't even stop to think about what happened I just immediately drank my way out of that until I no longer remembered it um, horrible I had no place to live at one point because I spent all my money at the bars and I'd lost my lease I got in drunken fights with my sisters and I fell over on all the sidewalks and broke windows and I got black eyes and I was arrested twice more, I was roofied and date raped, and pretty rock bottom. If this isn't a rock bottom, then maybe I needed to wait a little longer to find one. And people kept saying that to me, oh, you'll quit when you hit rock bottom. Um, and I never thought, I seriously can't remember that I ever stopped and thought, if I would just stop drinking and doing drugs, Maybe I could get my shit together. Maybe I could have a better life. But instead, I was stuck in this mental chatter of everything was happening to me. And it was this person's fault. And he did that to me. And she did this. And it was just always blaming and shaming and complaining all over the place, even though I couldn't see that that is, in fact, what I was doing for years. Um, yeah. Pretty rock bottom and also zero inclination to quit drinking because drinking I felt was all I had. It was like my, it was my friend. It was my comfort, my blankie. Drinking didn't judge me. Drinking was always there. So accessible and so acceptable, right? Socially, you're encouraged to drink. Drinking at home is normal. It was, it was just, since it was so inundated all around me it just seemed normal I never paused to think what if I just stopped drinking or what if I just didn't drink so much but I loved it it was probably the source of almost all of my troubles and yet it was my greatest pleasure and I had no interest in quitting or stopping or looking at it <laughs> um, I rode a bike everywhere because I had no license 
And then I thought, okay, if I get out of this town and I move up to the city, maybe if I move to San Francisco, the negative influence of my environment will all fade away and I'll just feel like myself and I'll have ambition and I can go work for a magazine and have a future that looks like it's worth living. So I became a vegan and a yogi by day and at night I would bartend in North Beach and sniff cocaine and drink Fernet and smoke Newports and I wondered why I was so depressed and could only attract and date very sketchy people with a huge host of their own problems which were annoying to me because you don't want to see other people's problems when you're so saturated in your own and I just kept thinking am I not better than this am I not better Am I not better? Do I not deserve better than this? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with everyone? Why does life suck? Why is this so horrible? Why is this me? But I still wasn't thinking, am I not better than my habits? But better than what was coming my way? Better than what I was attracting? And I thought the problem was all out there somewhere. And surely God or universe would eventually fix it and hand me some decent cards or something. And I just couldn't see yet that I was the one who was doing it all. Interesting. So what I eventually learned about this time much later was that I was stuck in victim mentality and I had no idea the amount of control I had or that we all have over our own lives. And so when I was 27, I had a nervous breakdown and my car was towed away and never to return and I lost my apartment again and my jobs and I just upped and moved to Berkeley to be a nanny for this beautiful adopted Guatemalan child in a Jewish family and I became vegan, shaved my head, went cold turkey sober from drugs and alcohol and I took a job at a company called Cafe Gratitude and I'd always been into metaphysics and consciousness and spirituality and crystal paganism but I had been so drunk and high most of the time that I never came to embody what it meant to be a totally healthy person because I had not processed any of my trauma or any of my negative emotions, none. It was just all stewing inside of me. And so in working at this vegan restaurant in Berkeley full of hippies, I got introduced to shadow work and what I would later recognize as neuro-linguistic programming, which is the art of changing your mind at a subconscious level with verbal and visual instruction. I started using plant medicine, not for partying, but for journeying within. And these things were all helping me, but I was not anywhere out of the woods. I also didn't know I was in the woods. You know what I mean? Like how a fish doesn't know what's in water. I just wasn't looking at myself directly and honestly. And that is what healing takes. And I didn't know it yet. But to each his own, and this has been my journey, and onward and upward. So my 30s ended up looking a lot better than my 20s as I just got more involved in theater and the arts and things that really fed my soul and motivated me. And I somehow managed to get a master's degree and have a good job, though also bartending. Still, I worked for Cafe Gratitude, and I volunteered at a cancer and AIDS hospice. 
and I loved writing my Schwinn all over my favorite soul city of San Francisco. I had very colorful and magical, beautiful friends. And I was doing better, but I was secretly, deeply miserable. And I felt disconnected from myself and angry at the world. And I had friends, but seemed to only still attract emotionally unavailable people to date with bad addiction habits. And it was really easy for me to point out that they had a bad addiction habit. But I never said that about myself because I just couldn't see that it was all me, that I was the one who had been creating this mess all along. And there was no evil force doing anything to me. It was my thoughts and my subconscious beliefs that were and that are for all of us the driving force in our experience of our own lives. So this is part one of Mindful Drinking for Women. Don't wait for rock bottom. And I will be back next week with the second installment. So be sure to subscribe and follow along. My hopes are that you will get powerful insights and understanding to your own healing journey through listening to my story and any advice or support that I can offer here on this podcast. That is my goal and my ambition to do so. So thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to connect with me, come find me at blessedvita.hypnotherapy on Instagram. Have a beautiful, healthy, healing day.